Welcome to the Podscape. What? Ooh, yeah. You understand, baby? Dig it? Let me tell you another thing. First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. And today we are back with a regular show. It's just me, myself, and I. And we're going to be covering a topic today that I'm pretty excited about. I feel like this team doesn't get talked about a lot. And it's only because it's some. I'm talking about a tag team today. And it's something that I enjoy because this is a look that got us close to it it really ushered in the era of kind of what i grew up in it this is the era of wrestlemania 17 which is by far the best wrestlemania of all time the most important wrestlemania of all time and this leads us the end of wrestlemania 17 catapulted us into the invasion and this is the in-between of the Invasion and WrestleMania 17. And I really want to talk about the Invasion sometime leading up uh, in the future, but I'm not going to cover that today because I really want to talk about this team. The team is the two-man power trip. It is Triple H and Steve Austin. And I just kind of want to talk about them and their run because it was really, really short, and we'll get into why it was really short. I just kind of want to talk about this team because it's it's fun. It's fun to talk about this team. It's it, it, I just feel like they don't get enough credit kind of for what they did, and it's only because I don't know if it worked. at the, It didn't work at the time, and we'll get into that. But I feel like this team is a rare combination of superstars that they don't ever get to be together. And... When you put a team like this together, it's never really done. Usually, it's rarely done. The only other team I can really think off the top of my head that this has happened with is the Dudes with Attitudes. And maybe that's kind of what why they did this a little bit, but not really. That's the only other team I can really compare them to in terms of what they did in the ring and the success that they had. And... This, again, I really want to talk about this team because it launched into my favorite run as a fan, and it is the 2002. It, it's This right here is the end of, for me as a fan, I look at eras, and the era of the Attitude Era is Austin's babyface run. So we're talking like 96 to in the 90... In the 2009, 99-2000 is where I think 2001, definitely, it's not the Attitude Era anymore. I think the Attitude Era is dead, and I like to call the Invasion as its own era because it's very forgettable, and it was just so poorly done that it led us into the Ruthless Aggression Era, which, to me, that's that's my wheelhouse. That's what I love as a fan. I love the Ruthless Aggression Era. It's what I, It's just what I grew up in, and... I just really wanted to kind of talk about something that kind of bridged us to that. And, uh, but yeah, so we're going to cover that today. Hopefully you all checked out the Halloween Super Show. I had a hell of a time doing that show. It was so much fun getting together with Bobby Winters and Andretti. 
so much fun to do that. We got some uh, other good stuff coming up in the future. We have a new segment that we're going to bring in with a new guest. We're going to do a show where we're going to book a federation, a book a pay-per-view with our action figures that we have. And I'm really fired up for that. Uh, we're going to bring in a new guest for that. So I'm, I'm teasing it here officially because we got it already in the works. And very excited for that. Hopefully you're always checking out That's So Dolphins Talk. We're going to take a we're going to take a second here. We're going to talk about the Dolphins because I haven't really done a single uh, solo show here uh, in a long time. I've had a lot of guests here the last couple of weeks and kind of feels right to get back to just doing me and because this is my show, damn it. <laughs> so, uh, but we're always going to keep bringing in uh, guests and everything like that. I love doing the guest shows. They're so much fun, but uh, I kind of want to get back to just a show with myself. But yesterday was the NFL trade deadline. The Dolphins are in a weird spot because they lost the few games over two was out and they're third in the division. I don't think that's going to stay like that for long. They went out and got their premier pass rusher with Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. So they turned their Trey Lance trade of two years ago where they traded their sixth pick in the draft to move back to 12. They got three first-round picks out of that deal from San Francisco. They turned all three of those first-round picks into Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb. Like, that is an insane haul. And credit to the Dolphins. You know, they're going all in. I- I'm I'm cautious. I <laughs> it's, it's something that I'm not used to with the Dolphins. They usually don't do anything like this. They, they've never had a team like this before in my lifetime. So... They're going all in. We're hopefully, I, I don't. I want to keep my expectations low, and that's only because I've just been through a lot as a Dolphins fan, and I'm just cautious. But I'm highly optimistic. I, I cannot wait for these next nine games of the regular season. It's going to be so much fun, and I'm just so excited because they, they pretty barring injuries, they have cemented themselves as a playoff team. And this team is really, really looking good. And they're going to start getting more and more healthy as the season goes on. They're gonna, The offense is just continuously getting better every week. So I don't want to steal too much of uh, Trick or Trey's thunder uh, and eyes from That's So Dolphins Talk. Hopefully you're always checking out That's So Dolphins Talk. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. Checking us out on Twitter at the underscore Podski, on Instagram at the underscore Podski, and on Facebook at the Podski with John Baker. And let's get into a little bit of news. We haven't done a news segment in a while, so let's get into the Weekly Roundup Jones. All right, the Weekly Roundup Jones have not done this for a very long time. Don't want to continue to do it every single week. Just only want to do it for pertinent information. I think the biggest information, obviously, this week is this weekend is Crown Jewel, WWE Crown Jewel. They're going to Saudi Arabia. That show very well might be not in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's been some talks of Iran that's going to invade over there, and that they're they don't really know if they're going to be able to even put the show on. So. For safety reasons, Crown Jewel might not actually happen in Riyadh. It might happen somewhere else. Apparently, WWE has a backup plan, which they're you know they're usually typically pretty good about having some sort of backup plan. 
but we'll see. Uh, I'm really excited for that show because I'm really excited to see how they handle the Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns match. It should be a really good match. They they've been doing some. I you know they've been doing some really good stuff. On I I have been on here and I've been saying for weeks at SmackDown. I, I now granted. I uh, had some thing. I have had a lot of things going on the last couple of weeks, so I haven't watched the last two episodes of SmackDown. But the previous three weeks that I had watched, I really enjoyed those shows. And I think you know WWE man, they they are starting to they're they're starting to heat up a little bit because we're getting into that WrestleMania season. You know, we, next in two months we got Royal Rumble, and you know Cody the Cody roller coaster. He's going to be coming back and. Man, I am fired up. Uh, I am, in fact, will be going to WrestleMania this year. I am so excited for that. Got my tickets. Got my plane tickets. Mr. Andretti and I are going to be attending and possibly beautiful Bobby Winters. We are going to be attending WrestleMania this year in L.A. for WrestleMania 39. I couldn't be any more excited to you know, get out there and because we... There's a lot of teases already, you know, the the tease that The Rock might be there. So, I mean, come on, like, that's awesome. There's also been talk about that, that they're going to bring the money in the bank. They're going to cancel money in the bank as a pay-per-view, and they're going to launch that, and they're going to have that match at WrestleMania. So, like, come on, dude, like, that's even off. That's, that's where the money in the bank match was born. It's perfect. And... Obviously, you know, what what I'm really excited for is my ultimate prediction here is that Cody Rhodes is going to win the world title at WrestleMania. And I, I'm so excited because, you know, we all know that Cody is my favorite wrestler. And it, I'm just really hurt that he left AEW, but I'm so excited that he's in, in uh, a really good spot with WWE. And I can't wait to see that. Hopefully that happens. That's my prediction. Maybe a spoiler, <laughs> but we'll see. But uh, yeah, so and like I mentioned a little bit ago, they're looking to eliminate them being WWE. They're looking to eliminate the themed pay-per-view shows. So they have like TLC, Money in the Bank, Hell in a Cell. They've already scrapped Hell in a Cell. And they, I believe they've scrapped also Money in the Bank, which is great news. That is such great news. Those shows, I, I'm not a huge fan of TLC. I'm not a huge fan of Hell in a Cell as a show because now you're, you've pigeonholed yourself into booking. So now everyone knows when Hell in a Cell is. So everyone knows that whatever feuds are going on at the time, they're most likely going to end in a Hell in a Cell. So now you've devalued Hell in a Cell as a, as a draw, as a match, because everyone knows it's coming. And I love the idea of scrapping that idea and coming up with just named shows like AEW does. You're not pigeonholing yourself four shows it, it just it, it just makes too much sense and it's just because we got it's all because we got triple h in there and he just he gets it he he definitely gets it um so the other little bit of news is that shinsuke nakamura is going to be facing great muda at pro wrestling noah in japan so like that's an even bigger deal because typically that does not happen typically when guys sign with wwe they're not allowed to work any other promotion and that's 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 really big news. That's come out in the last week too. So things are changing for WWE. And you know, I, I've been on here, I've been pretty critical of AEW, and you know, I'm looking at this lineup tonight for AEW, and I don't know 
how I feel about it. Um, it's very, it's it's kind of underwhelming for me, to be honest with you. So, we got Chris Jericho versus a former ROH champion. I don't, I don't know who that'll be. My guess is maybe Adam Cole. I don't know. Um, then we got Moxley versus Lee Moriarty. That's a whatever match. Like, I don't, I don't know. Samoa Joe versus uh, Brian Cage. I'm, I'm excited for that. Let's see some more Brian Cage. I'm all for that. Now, the, the Jade Cargill Marina Shafir match. We've already seen this. It sucks. It's the shits. Shafir sucks. Shit fear. Marina shit fear. Because she, ugh, not good. We got an All Atlantic Championship with Orange Cassidy, Luchasaurus, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, that you know anything that Ray Phoenix is in is going to be good. And dis- despite what a lot of people say about Orange Cassidy, he he is a really he he's a great wrestler. And we got Jay Lethal versus uh, Darby Allen. Good to see Darby Allen back. Don't know what they're going to do with Sting or anything like that now. So it's. It's it's pretty under... I mean, we only have a few weeks until full gear. We obviously know MJF's going to take that title from Moxley. And, you know, he should absolutely be the face of the company. But, I don't know. I'm just... There's just something about AEW right now that I just... There's just something really big missing. And I don't know what that is. I'm just... It, it's, it feels like they don't... There's no direction for what they're doing. And that, that's, that scares me a little bit. Because, you know, I am an A1... AW fan, but I'm just I'm just a little nervous. They, I just feel like there's no direction, and that that's really scary as a fan. So, but uh, let's wrap up the weekly roundup, Jones, and we were gonna cover this week's topic of the two man power trip. All right, let's get into our topic today. We are going to cover the two-man power trip that was a tag team that was formed the night after WrestleMania 17 on Monday Night Raw with Triple H and Steve Austin. Pretty much what I'm going to do here is I'm going to paint the picture of how the team was formed, the matches that they had the night before, which the night before was obviously WrestleMania 17, and then, you know, this this team only lasted two pay-per-view cycles. And we're going to get into why it ended. But it ended for a reason. But it looked like that they were going to be ending anyways just for the way they were starting to be booked. So let's start off with Triple H at WrestleMania 17. So Triple H faced Undertaker for the first time ever at a WrestleMania. Now they went on later to have two phenomenal matches later in their careers at WrestleMania 27 and 28. I encourage everybody to watch those matches, especially the one at WrestleMania 28. That is the end of the era Hell in a Cell match. It is so, so good. That match is, that is one of the WrestleManias that I first started tuning back into as a fan and started paying attention was just because those two were in a Hell in a Cell match. Let's get into WrestleMania 17 here. Triple H has a really memorable entrance with Lemmy and Motorhead. They do the live entrance for him. It was really cool, really well done. Lemmy, you know, forgot the words for sure, but, I mean, it's Lemmy, so. Uh, but this this match, I- I've watched it plenty of times as a Triple H fan, and I feel like it is one of those matches that are lost in Mania history because 
of what they did later on, basically. But I thought this was a really, really good match. I think that it went a little bit long, personally. I think they could have cut, like, maybe five minutes out of it, and it would have done the job. And this was one of the co-main events of the show. Want to add that, too? And... You know, it's it's a very heavy brawling style match. Spills into the crowd, and it's the, the really memorable spot for me. So when they're out fighting in the crowd, and Undertaker choke slams Triple H, it's he goes to slam him, and there's like no noise, and it's obviously because Triple H was landing on a crash pad. But there was like just like no noise at all, and it's really funny if you watch it if you know what you're looking for. You know, when you think about it, as time played out, this was a great precursor to what they did at WrestleMania 27 and 28. Triple H doing literally everything he possibly can to beat Undertaker, but you can't kill a dead man. It is an incredible display of what was to come, even though we had no idea, obviously, at the time. So, uh, Undertaker obviously prevails, Triple H lost. Triple H doesn't have a really good track record at WrestleMania. Anyways, we all know that Undertaker, you know, he's the phenom. He has, he had the undefeated record for a long time, lost at WrestleMania 30 and then at 33. So, I mean, we all, we all know that. The, the real big match for WrestleMania 17 is Rock and Austin. I mean, this is the biggest piece of business that the WWF had ever done at the time. It's the greatest rivalry in company history, you know, obviously besides... Uh, Vince and Austin and you know the story of the match is that both men needing to prove who is the best in the World Wrestling Federation and who was going to do the necessary things to beat the other to win this was right you know Austin was coming off his neck surgery he was on his way back on the mend he was making the big big comeback it was the writing was on the wall that Austin was going to win. You know, one thing that I do want to point out is that they added. So at the time, Austin was married to Deborah McMichael in shoot. So she was also his manager at the time. And they somehow added Deborah as Rock's manager. Deborah's completely lost in this whole thing. Deborah should have never been added. Very forgettable that Deborah was even added. She's a part of the package. And, you know, the, the package, the wrestle, this WrestleMania promo is the best piece of footage that has ever been produced in wrestling. It's the greatest of all time. It, the, the, the song matches exactly what they're doing in the matches. It matches the story. Just the way that the, the show built to this moment, it's the greatest of all time. So basically what happened, and, and even in this build, before we even get to see this vignette, they had the Friday before, or Thursday at that time, I believe, they had a sit-down interview with JR and The Rock and Stone Cold, and it's some of the best sit-down interview stuff that, that has ever happened. It's so, so good. Um, you know, basically, you know, Steve Austin saying, I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than you can anything you can ever imagine. And, you know, Rock saying, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I'm going to beat you. It's just so, so, so good. So good. It's the best time. It's, you know, I, I love, we all, as I've said it before, 
I love the Ruthless Aggression era, but this build to this WrestleMania is the best build to any WrestleMania that's ever happened. It's just so, so, so good. So WrestleMania 17 is in Steve's hometown. It's obviously his crowning moment. He's he's come back. It's the, it's the rematch of WrestleMania 15. Steve comes out to the enormous reaction, and the match is a huge brawl. And, you know, the, this match, they, they did some telling things early that made you, and I didn't know this at the time. I can't remember where I heard this, but they were talking about how if you watch the match and what Steve does in the beginning when he rolls out of the ring and he grabs the chair, I believe, or I can't, shoot, it's slipping my mind right now. But when Steve rolls out of the ring, he cowered out to show you what was going to happen at the end. And everything that happens in this match means nothing because it's all about the ending. This match will be is forever remembered for what happened at the end. And obviously what happens is one of the strangest things that has ever happened. Like I had said, the biggest rivalry in the company was Rock and Austin. But the other biggest rivalry that trumps that, Austin and Vince. Well, Vince comes down to the ring. It looks like, you know, Vince is going to attack Steve. Vince gets in the ring, beats Rock with a chair, and then Steve takes the chair from Vince, and he starts beating Rock with a chair. Steve just kept beating him with his chair, gets down, does the one, two, three. Steve wins with the help of Vince McMahon, and as the show closes, they shake hands, and, you know, JR had the really good call of Steve sold his soul to the devil to beat The Rock and become champion. It's it's one of the most shocking turns in wrestling history. Obviously not the biggest shock. The biggest, obviously, is whenever Hogan, you know, forms the NWO. But this is, it's it's Austin's heel turn. And this is where I believe that the Attitude Era died. That very moment when Austin turned heel, I think that the Attitude Era died. Austin turning heel is something that he wanted to do for a long, long time. As JR has mentioned before, it's like John Wayne being a bad guy. People don't want to cheer. People don't want to boo you. People want to cheer for you. They want to come see you. They want to have a good time with you. And, you know, it's... This is something that Steve has said numerous times. It's his biggest regret ever in the business was ever turning heel. So as we're going here... The team isn't formed yet. The very next night on Raw, that's so that is how uh, WrestleMania 17 ends with Austin and Steve, Austin and Vince shaking hands. So we move on to Monday Night Raw the next night, and it is announced that they're going to do a rematch of the main event. They're going to do Rock versus Austin in a steel cage, and uh, Vince is in the ring. He comes down and he he hands the title to Steve. They cement themselves as conspirators together. And it's basically Austin cementing himself as the heel. And this is just what, this is everything that we didn't want from Steve. This is everything that Steve stood against. And it's just, he, he went full heel in his promo and the people were really starting to turn but it, it, this is at the point where I'm not sure that, yes, he was getting the reaction that he wanted, but it was like, go away. 
reaction. Like, we, this isn't what we want. This isn't what we signed up for. So after they get out of the ring, uh, a little bit later backstage, Triple H stops Vince, and he asks why he wasn't in the fold for what happened the previous night. And if you're watching in storyline, over the entire year, Vince, Triple H was you know aligned with Vince, and Vince had ordered him to beat the crap out of Steve every chance he got. So it's kind of weird where like Triple H is like, how could you not include me? And I, I've been the one that's been beating him up this entire year. How can you not tell me? And the interaction ends with Vince reminding Triple H that, well, you lost to Undertaker last night and Steve won and he just, you know, keeps walking away. The end of the night, they have the match, uh, the Austin versus Rock Steel Cage. And you know, we all know what happens. Vince gets in there. They start beating the crap out of Rock with the chair again. And it's like, this is what this is. Why? Why is he beating the crap out of him with a steel chair? Like, it's it was so strange. And then all of a sudden, Triple H's music hits, and the crowd, like, pops huge. And it's like, is Triple H going to come save Rock and turn on Vince and turn on Austin? Well, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, pretty much, uh, Triple H just grabbed a chair, started beating the crap out of him, gave him the pedigree, and that is how the two-man power trip was formed. And that's how they go off air. Like I had said, these are the kind of teams that don't ever happen. The only t- the only time I can really think of a, another team that is of similar caliber is a two man power trip. Because, or I'm sorry, the dudes with attitude. Because you have two guys that were top guys in the business. You had Shawn Michaels and Diesel. They were Intercontinental Champion and World Champion. They had been tag champions. The same with H and Austin. They they. They're your premier top talents, and now they're together in a team. How do you book that? Especially whenever Austin is the world champion. So moving on to SmackDown a few nights later, the show starts with all three of them backstage. Vince gives Triple H an IC title match against Chris Jericho. Steve is also given an interview with JR to explain himself and why they did what they did. Vince comes out, does a typical promo where he's healing. Uh... Vince suspends Rock from WWF. I believe at the time Rock was going to do a movie, which is the reason why he was written off. Uh, but I can't, I can't quite remember. Anyways, so they, they, later in the show they get to the JR interview in the ring. It's a very memorable one. Uh, and this is because of what happened to JR. Uh, pretty much Austin beats the absolute tar out of JR in the ring. And... I believe this is where JR has talked in his book about how uh, Vince, or not Vince, Austin uses a surgical blade to blade him, and he bled like a stuck hog, and it was so bad, so, so bad. Uh, JR knew that this was a really bad idea because Austin was starting to do things that aren't Austin-like. And obviously, this is a really bad look. And it's it's because now the people are really turning on Austin. And it's not that they're turning because, yes, he's being a heel. It's because it's like, man, come on. Like, this isn't like, this isn't good at all. So later on in the show, obviously, Triple H has the match with Jericho for the IC title. Jericho pretty much had the match won. But then there was interference from Steph and Vince. And H took advantage and becomes the IC champion. So now the two-man power trip, 
you have Austin as the WWF champion and you have Triple H as the IC champion. So now they got two they got the two biggest singles titles in the company. So that's how the show goes off the air and now we move on to Raw is War that is 2 weeks after WrestleMania. They end up attacking the Hardys. Uh it sets up an IC title match between uh Jeff Hardy and Triple H uh, on SmackDown later in the week. And this is where uh Jeff Hardy pulls the upset and becomes the IC champion. So Triple H wins the IC title on SmackDown the the previous week, loses it the next week to Jeff, and now the the seeds of doubt are already planting for like can we really trust Triple H is he really that good? And so now we move on to Raw. Um Triple H he wanted a rematch against Jeff obviously to get the IC title back. Uh Matt Hardy and Steve were both banned from ringside. So during the match, Austin finds Matt, attacks him so that there was there can't be any interference. Any it didn't even matter because Austin and Vince came down anyways to help Triple H win the IC title back. So he had lost it on SmackDown, gains it back on Raw. They're just down there beating the tar out of Jeff. And then all of a sudden, the music hits, and who is it? The Brothers of Destruction come to save Jeff. And this is what sets up the big tag feud. So now you have Austin as your world champion. You have Triple H as your IC champion. And now you have the the guys that were fighting for the tag championships, the Brothers of Destruction, who are also a a weird team. Not weird because of, like, storyline. That makes total sense. But because they're some of their top talent. Now you have all four of your top talents who are involved in tag teams, and they're all in the feud now. So, like, now your card is is loaded in one spot. Again, it's back to how do you book this? So if we move on from the Raw moving to SmackDown, the Brothers of Destruction, they have a match against Edge and Christian. They become the tag team champions in that match. And immediately, as soon as they win, Austin and H attack the ring, attack the Brothers of Destruction, and it is set up for a match that weekend at Backlash 2001. Now, Backlash 2001. This is this is where the weirdness happens. But this is this is where the issues of booking happen. So, you have Austin as your world ch- world champion. You have H as your IC champion. Now you have the Brothers of Destruction as your tag champions. They do a winner take all tag match. So if the win- Taker pins Austin, Taker becomes world champion. Kane becomes IC champion and then they retain their titles and and it goes for then then obviously the if the power trip wins they get all the gold and they have every single title that is available for male competitors on the roster they have all of them uh I'm sure you can kind of guess it they pretty much they win that and now they do exactly what the dudes with attitudes did they're they're the they're the chaps with the straps they're they're draped in gold the way that they did the winner take all match was way too confusing had way too stipula- way too many stipulations it is a really fun match to watch. I encourage everyone to go watch Backlash 2001 uh, because it is a fun main event. But it it I can it can it can get confusing if you weren't watching it with no context of like why is there a winner take all match and it doesn't make much sense. So they keep they continuously do this for a few more weeks uh, and it leads to the next pay per view, which is Judgment Day 2001. And in Judgment Day 2001, 
is Triple H versus Kane in a chain match. Uh, H loses uh, after Austin accidentally hits H with the chair. He was trying to, he was swinging for Kane and Kane ducks and he hits H. And Kane capitalizes on that. Triple H gets absolutely furious at Austin for this. Main event was Austin and Taker in a no-holds-barred match. Now, the no-holds-barred match was, again, these two matches were really, really good. But um, H and Vince interfere, try to help out Austin. Austin, again, accidentally goes to hit Undertaker, ends up hitting Vince. You know, he accidentally hit somebody again with a chair, inadvertently. Um, Austin does come out on top because Triple H does uh, get in there and hit Taker with a sledgehammer. And, you know, then obviously Austin can get in there and win. But you can see that there's the seeds of doubt and where the booking was leading to them eventually breaking up, which is totally fine because how do you break these guys up? It's hard to book them. Your card is so loaded. So it's like one of those things, what do you do? So you got to break them up. The Raw after Judgment Day, uh, Austin is interrupted by Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit had won a tag team championship opportunity the, pre- the previous night at Judgment Day. And they demand their shot against Triple H and Austin for their World Tag Team Championships. This match happens and this is where the power trip ends. It, and, and it ends in a dramatic fashion. This is where Triple H tears his quad off the bone the infamous tear he somehow continues throughout the match he gets put in the walls he's standing on it it's an absolute display of heart and everything like no one it's it's an insane thing that triple h did here it it just is insane it's like how do you how, how do you continue to have a match in with with your quad blown off the bone it's it's insane this is where Triple H then obviously had to. Uh, th- this is w- this was the end of the road, and this leads us right into the invasion. And this is where the th- this is clearly where the Attitude Era has officially been killed dead. You know, we're gonna cover the invasion in long form sometime, and I don't want to do it by myself because I want to bring in somebody that lived through the time. Obviously, we'll probably bring in Andretti for something like that. He he was somebody who's really tuned in with the time, remembers it very vividly. You know, there's just, the invasion is one of those things that, one of those what could have beens. You know, one of the things I want to do now is, like, I've painted the picture of what the power trip was. It was basically Triple H and Steve Austin beating the absolute tar out of people with chairs. You know, it's something that's very short-lived, but clearly it's something that didn't work. Nobody wanted to boo Steve. People didn't mind booing H. H was totally okay with being a heel, but it's just one of those things where it, it just didn't work. It was a really high reward, high risk that had little reward. It's really what led to the end of Austin's career, because if you look at Austin's career after this, the next WrestleMania he faces Scott Hall. He does the infamous walkout after that WrestleMania. Now, he does come back, and he does have his swan song against Rock, where, you know, they end the trilogy at WrestleMania 19, which I think is right behind WrestleMania 17 in terms of, you know, WrestleMania ranking WrestleManias. But it, it really spells, spills disaster for Austin. 
this was not very good. It really, 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 really hurt Austin in the long run. And it's just... It, it catapulted Triple H because then he came back as a babyface. He goes on to win the Undisputed Championship at WrestleMania 18. He becomes World Heavyweight Champion uh, later in 2002. It, it really it lifted Triple H up and it brought down Austin in, in, the, in the long scheme of things. It's just one of those things that it could have been really, really cool. And that's the reason why they don't do this very often is because you don't put two of your best guys in a tag team together because it, it, it in the end, it, it never really works out well for either guy. And, and now it did work out really well for H, but you know, you can say that it worked out really well for Austin, but he had a shelf life anyways, and he was coming to the end of that shelf life. It's just one of those things that you, know, you could have done something a lot different and a lot better with Austin, and they didn't. All in all, I'm going to say that as the two-man power trip is a really cool tag team, probably not a very good tag team long run if we're if we're looking back with revisionist history so but yeah what do you guys think please let us know on twitter at the underscore podski um let us know at uh the underscore podski on instagram let us know on facebook at the podski with john baker what you think All right, that was my review of the two-man power trip and infamous tag team of uh, the two uh, 2001s. Really want to apologize if you do hear any coughing in there. I, I, I was sick last week. I'm still got a lingering cough. I'm trying to cover it up in the audio here, but I uh, want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, hopefully you checked out the 11 Minutes documentary from a few weeks back. It's still a really good uh, episode to listen to. If you haven't checked that out yet, please do. Might have some more episodes coming out. Uh, there's a really good documentary out right now that uh, Allison and I just started. It's called God Forbid on Hulu. It's about the president um, and his wife of Liberty University and how they had a sexual relationship with a, with a person. It, it's, it's a sick, twisted documentary that we're we just started it last night so we're definitely going to check continuously check that out we're probably going to do a show on that we also checked out the barney if you ever remember barney uh barney the dinosaur uh they had a they have a documentary on uh you should definitely check that out uh i thought it was really really well done we might talk about that too in the future who knows <laughs> but uh yeah so uh, make sure you're checking out the Halloween Super Show. Uh, really got to give a huge shout out and thanks to beautiful Bobby Winters and Justin Andretti for uh, coming on the show and doing that. That was a lot of fun sharing stories. We're definitely going to do that again. Uh, we got some really good stuff coming up here. We got uh, a Thanksgiving show and we're going to do something really cool for the Christmas show. But yeah, make sure you're checking out that. So Dolphins Talk. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. We're on everywhere you get your podcasts and we will see you. We're going to see you Sunday for another That's So Dolphins Talk. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the underscore Podski, on the Instagram at the underscore Podski, and Facebook. And we'll see you next time on The Podski.